today, as you just heard the reading, it's the second Sunday of the month of Kyak. I just want you to uh, go back and imagine how life was uh, about 300 years ago. Like our great-grandfathers, uh, about 300 years ago. How life was, how did it look like? Did they have Bibles in, at home? Like we have it today. Every, every house have how many Bibles? We have it even on our phones and uh, tablets, computers. Actually, they didn't. They didn't have a printed Bible that all the family can gather around and read it as, they, as like the luxury we're having today. But yet the, their faith was so strong. From where did they get this? How did they get their teaching? How did they live the Bible? Did, didn't you ever think about this? So the church felt the responsibility and to give the teaching and to bring the Bible in every single occasion possible. So they teach the people and give it like the easy way for them. I'll give you an example. From the praises, let's say, of 7 and 4 that we had last night. Look at the dogma and the theology in the, in the hymns. So all the hymns and all the dogma and the theology in it was actually biblical. So for those who could not have Bibles at home and have the luxury to read and the blessings to have it in their hands, they can learn it with with a tune and they can sing it they can teach it to their kids the same thing with the reading of the like the that the church is putting for us every every liturgy every the, like there is a piece of the psalm there is a passage from the from the bible the gospels there is a passage from the pauline epistle the catholicon and the book of acts the proxies are they like just okay they are they put like this haphazardly of course not the holy spirit guided the church fathers to let's say to take a theme every single coptic month let's say the theme of this coptic month is this and there is a line going through the entire month and explain about this virtue, for example, the blessing of God, the grace of God. And now, the same thing exactly in the month of Kiyak, like we saw from starting from last week, there is a common theme. It's about the salvation. We're not going to go through all the reading of, to, of today and yesterday, the, because the reading of the liturgy starts from the Vesper. But I'm going to focus on the Psalms, the three Psalms for the, for the uh, Vesper, the Matin, and, and the Gospel. And I'll explain a little bit about that. So, 
Yesterday's uh, like uh, the Vespers uh, psalm was talking about bow down your heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountains. So here the psalms is talking about mankind is crying out to God because of the low state that the mankind reached and asking God for help. Bow down from heaven, come. Remember this picture that all the people that knows about when God was touching the mountain. Do you remember when was that? Bow down your heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountains. When was it? The time of Moses. When Moses went up into the mountain and the mountain was shaking from the glory of God. So the people are looking that God come down again because we have no other hope, we have no other helper other than God to come down himself and solve the problem of mankind. The mountain shall smoke, stretch out your hand from above, rescue me and deliver me of great waters from the hand of foreigners. Here is the, the, the psalm is talking about by the tongue of all mankind, we need salvation. And you're going to find, you're going to find all the psalms in the month of Kiak are having this streamline crying out for God for the first week and the second week. The third week the tune will change. It's going to be a joyful tune. Because the New Testament already started, and actually the New Testament started today, with the Annunciation of St. Mary, of St. Archangel Gabriel to St. Mary, and at the moment she said, let it be according to your word, the, the, Lord, the Lord Jesus immediately, the Church Fathers told us that at this very moment, the Incarnation started in her body. And at this very moment, the New Testament started. So you're going to find the reading of the Psalms, starting from the third week and the fourth week, are having a more joyful tune. After calling for, uh, for help, after calling for salvation, after showing uh, their miserable state, the next week you're going to find a different tune. So what about the theme of the Gospel of the Vesper and the Metin? You're going to find the Vesper and Metin theme in the Gospel, how the, the mankind were suffering. Like last night, the, Vesper, the Gospel of the Vesper was about this sinful woman that we read her story in the second watch in the midnight prayer in the Agbeah. This sinful woman that was very well known in the city that she's sinful. And there was a guy, a Pharisee teacher uh, called Simon, was inviting the Lord Jesus to make him like a, uh, uh, for dinner or something like this. And all of a sudden, this sinful woman came. Can you imagine this picture? A sinful woman coming into the house of a Pharisee man. And he started judging the Lord Jesus and he said, if this man was a prophet, he would have known who is she. But this is 
you know this story, but this is showing like what kind of misery situation the mankind there was needing. Needing forgiveness, needing mercy, needing salvation, because the Lord Jesus told her, your sins are forgiven. She got forgiveness. And all the Old Testament couldn't give this kind of forgiveness that this lady wanted or needed. The same thing with the, this morning uh, Matin liturgy, uh, sorry, uh, gospel, talking about casting demons. The demons had power over mankind before the incarnation of the Lord Jesus. See how miserable the mankind were like in before, before and how they needed this kind of salvation. So we're going to go to the Matin uh, Psalm and see wh- how does the Matin Psalm reply on, uh, on the Psalm of last night. So the Psalm says, by the way, there are two translations. The translation here, I believe it was uh, from New King James. That says, he shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing. But from the Septuagint and in the Arabic, the rain is not coming on, on the grass. The, the, the rain is coming on something else. I'm going to read it from the Septuagint. He shall come down as rain upon a fleece. You know what is a fleece? The fleece is like the, the fur or, uh, or the skin of the, the sheep. And as drops falling upon the earth, in his days shall righteousness spring up and abundance of peace till the moon be removed. What's the difference? Like, what's the importance of a fleece in this, in this situation? So the, in the, in, uh, last night, we are asking God to bow down and heaven and come on earth. So the reply of this psalm this morning is that he shall come down as rain upon a fleece. Does this remind you of like one of, a picture in the Bible? Rain coming on a fleece. We'll go back to the book of Judges, chapter 6, the story of Gideon. When the Lord called Gideon to save his people, Gideon didn't have that much experience with God. So he couldn't really believe that God can call him. He didn't feel worthy and he didn't feel that I, I might be, uh, no, I, this is the wrong address. Uh, so he asked God, let's, let's read it. Uh, So Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. So Gideon is asking for a sign to prove to him that God picked him, that he is the one chosen to save his people. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on all the ground, 
Then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. So the sign that Gideon asked God for was that if he put a fleece on the ground, the next morning he wants to see the fleece that all wet, but the ground around it dry. And it was so. When he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. So he asked for another sign because he wasn't sure that this is a real thing. So, but the second sign was different. He told him, next morning I want the fleece to be dry, but the ground all around it to be wet. And then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test. I pray just once more with the fleece, let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on the old ground, let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on all the ground. But what does this story do with this morning song? What is this relation between this wet fleece and what we're talking about? The most likely that this place is coming from like a sheep that was offered as a sacrifice. And this is a symbol for the Jewish nation that in the past it was the only chosen people and the only group of believers that knew God and used to give sacrifices, animal sacrifices for God. So the fleece represents the Jewish nation. And always you're going to find many meanings in the Holy Bible that the grace of God and the abundance of His blessings is like water, like dew, like rain. So in the first day, like in the Old Testament, the fleece, which is the Jewish nation, was full of the grace of God, was full of water was full of blessings, and all the nations and all the land around it was dry. But the second day, you're going to find totally the opposite. The Jewish nation that didn't accept the Lord Jesus was dry, but all the nations around it was wet, full of grace, full of blessings. So go back to the Psalms and read it, and having this in your, in your mind. He shall come down as a rain upon a fleece. So the answer of the psalm of this morning, when we asked him last night to bow down heaven and come down, he shall come down as rain upon a fleece, with grace, with blessings, and as drops falling upon the earth, in his days shall righteousness spring up. And all the earth will be filled by His grace. So, move, let's move on for the liturgy psalm. Now, so how are we going to accept the, the Lord is coming? He's going to uh, come down with rain and, and with, it was gonna, with blessings and all this uh, grace. 
So the psalm is saying, listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear, forget your own people also. And immediately you, you understand that this is talking about not just St. Mary, that she's going to receive the, the Annunciation from Archangel Gabriel, but this is for all mankind. Listen, you all, that the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Uh, again, let's go back to uh, how I started. This is how the church used to teach us. This is how the church gave us the Bible like by a spoon, uh, a bit by bit. Uh, teaching us how, like the dogma, and how, how the God's plan for our salvation was planned a long, long time ago. I don't want to go back, like, uh, relate some of the... You can do this homework yourself at home. And look at, like, if you can prepare yourself before coming to church every Sunday to read the readings and try to connect them together and understand what is the theme of, the, of that month. I, there is a very strong connection between what was said today, this morning, in the Gospel, and that what was said in Genesis 3 about the, uh, and the, about the falling, and what God promised uh, mankind and Adam and Eve, how to, he's going to go for the salvation. The Lord wanted or has accomplish the salvation plan he needed a human factor and this human factor was Saint Mary like in Ezekiel chapter 44 Ezekiel said that the Ezekiel saw a door that the Lord went through it and the, the door stayed shut the door the, the Lord wanted and actually part of his plan that he will enter into the human world through a gate, and this gate was St. Mary. And uh, this is like in Ezekiel 44. And the father looked, and, and, uh, looked at this door like St. Mary as the gate that the Lord went through it to our world. A part of the Wednesday thought, okay, that we sang last night, why St. Mary? We have, why St. Mary? So you're going to find the reply, there, there is seven parts of the, of the Wednesdays to Otokeia. The reply of, the, of every part in it, that the Father, the God, the Father, looked, upon, looked from heaven and found no one like you. In all generations, from Eve to the end of days, God didn't find a better person to accomplish and to use as the human factor on, all, on our behalf, all of us, other than St. Mary. He sent His only begotten who came and took flesh from you. And this is, again, this is the part that the, that the church teaching through the hymns, the dogma. The last thing I want to talk about 
is when Archangel Gabriel told St. Mary, you are full of grace. And what is the grace? What is the meaning of the grace? Or we, we hear this word a lot, and it is mentioned mostly in the New Testament. The meaning of grace, it's in simplest form, is a gift. A gift for someone who, who does not actually deserve it. This is grace. Now, so God dealing with us on this level and, and replying and hearing our prayers and voices, this is grace. Calling out God from heaven to come down, bowing down heavens to come on earth, this is grace. The love of God is grace. No matter how bad we are, no matter how much sins we commit, and He still loves us. This is grace. Redemption. And all God was preparing for us, and prepared it already and uh, on the cross, and preparing it in heaven, is a grace. For, for us to call us His children, and give us an inheritance in His glory, this is grace. To be a part, the God calls like a, a part of His body, like the church, to be among His family, this is grace. To partake from the Holy Communion, this is grace. To be united with Him and having His Holy Spirit dwelling in us, this is grace. To have our name written in the book of life, not because we deserve it, but because of His love and His mercy. This is grace. As I said, God's acceptance when we repent. We're not dead forever. We still have a chance when we come and repent and confess and God forgives, this is grace. The knowledge of God, the knowledge of His Word, the, know, the knowledge and the, and the teaching of the church that the, that the church is giving us free, this is grace. Even the talents that God is giving you personally in your life, your talents, your blessings, your family, these, these are not for granted, these are grace. The health, the fortune, the work, everything, these are grace. Even if you look at it from a different angle, even our tribulations, crosses, hardships, we are, we are facing in our lives, this is grace, because it's helping you to reach reach heaven at the end. It teaches you prayers. It teaches you obedience. It teaches you patience. This is grace. Like St. Paul said at the end, for by grace you have been saved through faith. If we believe that we do not deserve it, and this is just because of the faith of God, because of the grace of God that He bestowed upon us, and that not of yourselves, 
St. Paul is saying, this is not because of yourself. This is, no one deserves it. And as I said, it is free for someone who does not deserve. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. And glory be to God forever. Amen.